0: Okay, before I get into the sermon, I've got to correct something I said last week. How many of you were here last week? I'll take it by faith that you were listening, but I talked about my wife and daughter watching Hallmark movies. Anybody remember that point and how that it was, I was almost suicidal. I, I watch a, I watch my sermons to try to get better, and I'm watching the sermon from 11, and I'm I'm doing something else, and I hear... My wife were watching and, and the daughter were watching the Hallmark movies, and to stay sane, I was drinking. I had to drink to stay sane. I stopped. I backed it up, and I said, what did I say? In the early service, I said, I, how many of y'all remember that? See, I'm glad I'm correcting this, yeah. You do remember nothing else I ever say, but you remember that. The early service what I correctly said was I read. I love to read. They put on a dumb movie. I'm crying. I pick up a book and I read. I drank a lot over the holidays. Chocolate milk and unleaded eggnog. I I, I really did. But no the pastor wasn't home pouring down 40s during the Hallmark movies if that's So do I get some grace there when you got to speak a lot you say stupid things especially if you're not super intelligent. So Young people, would y'all stand back up? If you were a part of Challenge Weekend, let's give them a hand. Stand up, 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 up. You may be seated. And my challenge is to keep them up and awake the next 25 minutes, right? Okay. In the late 1990s, Newsweek magazine had a lead article titled Breaking Point." And the, the kind of, I guess you'd say, the star of the story or the main person they talked about was the president of Harvard University, a guy named Dr. Rudenstein. Dr. Rudenstein had just announced he was taking a three-month break from work. And here's what he said. He said, I'm frazzled and I'm fried and I'm cooked. If I don't get to chill out, I'm going to break apart. Some years later... I would still say one of the huge problems in this room and in our society in America today is that we are overdone, we're working too much, and we're not resting and taking enough breaks. I believe one of the the huge problems with the stress you feel, with the anxiety you have, with the depression some of you are experiencing, is because you're overworked and you're burned out and you're tired. We're going to look this morning at something you don't hear a lot about mental and emotional and spiritual health, and that's the subject of rest, about rest. We're going to be in Genesis 2, then we're going to jump over to Exodus chapter 20 also. Genesis 2, Exodus 20. But what we're going to look at today, I want to you, it can change your life. This will absolutely change your life if you will do what God tells you to do. Now, I saw this week a diet pill that said I could eat what I want, never exercise, and lose 40 pounds in six weeks. I came that close to ordering it, but I knew that's just not true when something says it's going to change your life. This will change your life. Let's begin with this. Here's the fundamental thought this, this morning. A weekly Sabbath day will change your life. I'm going to explain to you what the word Sabbath means in a moment as we go into this so it won't be confusing. But building this day, by the way, which is a God thing, into your life will change your life. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. In other words, God had just finished creating everything. Pretty awesome task. Wouldn't you agree? Where wear you out. And on the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it God rested from all of his work that he had done. Remember the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the word rest there is a, is a very important Hebrew word. It's, it's the word Shabbat. It means to cease or desist. It, it means to sit down or to be still. But listen, here's the cool part. It means to celebrate. It means to rest and to stop what you're doing, but it also means to to celebrate and and to have a party and to be excited. God created everything, and then he rested. But this is very important. God did not rest because he was tired, because God doesn't get tired, right? God didn't go, man, the last part of the oceans there wore me out. I need to get in the heavenly lazy boy and chill and not watch Hallmark. God is a man. He doesn't do that. I'm just teasing men if you like Hallmark. Heavenly Father. Okay. God rested as an example. Jesus got baptized not because he needed to get baptized. Jesus got baptized to show that when you follow him, you should be, why should I get baptized? One reason is Christ did it. One reason we need to rest is not because God needed rest, but because God modeled rest for us and I want to tell you, you say this morning here's what I know a lot of you are mentally aren't going to argue with me this morning I got too much to do pastor you don't know how much I have to you don't know how much I have to do but I want to tell you no matter how much you or I have to do none of us have to do more than God would you agree with that God has to deal with you think about that And the Bible says you are on his mind 24-7, so none of us are busier than God. And I want to tell you, if you and I don't learn to pull back and to rest and to give a day to this, what we're talking about this morning, you're going to at some point implode. Bill Hybels is a pastor of Willow Creek Church in Chicago. Several years ago, I wrote down something he said that I thought was very good. He said, God made us. We have to rest. You have to sleep. You have to sleep. That's part of being human. You need, re- you need sleep every day, but you need rest every day. You need a point daily when you're not studying, when you're not practicing ball, when you're not working, when you're not having to do paperwork. You need time to chill out every day. You need it each week. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. You need a day a week to pull apart. And then you need times throughout the year where you get a vacation, where you just get to get away from work or or, or extra bar, whatever it is, to take a break. I want to read to you something. I think this is very important. It's very descriptive. It's about a type of stress most of us are under, but we don't know that we're under. It's called allostatic load or stress. And what it means, it's, it's the term that describes the wear and tear on your body and on your soul and your emotions from chronic stress. Our bodies have limits. God made us with limits. Yet when we are under stress for long periods of time, our bodies suffer. Prolonged stress causes sustained high levels of the stress hormone cortisol, which along with an abundance of other neurotransmitters and hormones cause heart problems, weight gain, impaired immunity, decreased memory due to brain cell atrophy, and diminishing brain function. If we don't manage and get a hold of our stress, it will get a hold of us and it will choke us out. You need a Sabbath day. What does a Sabbath day look like? Let me give you a couple of thoughts. And then the, the, next, the third thing I'll tell you is really the big one for this morning. But this is very important. Your Sabbath day is a day about you and God. It's a day about you and God. In Exodus 20, in Exodus twenty, the Ten Commandments are listed. And, and the, listen, this is interesting. The, the Ten Commandment that gets the most verbiage of any is not honor your parents. I thought that's what it was growing up. By the way, my parents repeated that. It's not even about not taking God's name in vain. The the one that got the most verbiage is the one about honoring the Sabbath. Look in verse 8 through 10. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you should not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant, remind your parents of this, or your female servant, are even your animals, are the foreigner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in it, and he's rested. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. He's kind of throwing that back in there. By the way, if I can create everything in an uh, amount of time and rest, so can you. Now, if you're taking notes, this is real, real important. The word Sabbath means rest, it means an intermission means that you're you're taking time during your week for a rest or or for a time out. The word Sabbath, and this is huge, is primarily about purpose, not number. In other words, people get hung up, well, what day should the Sabbath day be? And as Christians, we lean towards Sunday, which is great, as we'll see in a moment. But it's primarily about the purpose of of the day the jewish people the sabbath started at sundown friday and ended at sundown saturday that was their sabbath the muslims it's friday there's other religious groups that their sabbath day is monday Christians, if you were to look in Acts chapter twenty, you were looking First Corinthians six, you can see the shift for Christians. It moved to Sunday as being our holy day, our Sabbath day, our day of worship, our day of rest. For a couple of reasons, most of the early Christians were Jewish people. They were they were Sabbathing on Saturday and on Sunday, but to make a distinction between them and Judaism, they began to celebrate on Sunday. That's also the day, by the way, that Jesus Christ walked out of the tomb, so we remember that and we celebrate that. He says in this passage, remember the Sabbath day. Be mindful of it. It's a holy day. It's a day that's supposed to be set apart that God says should be different. Folks, we don't remember it anymore. It's not holy anymore. And God, listen, God's word has not changed on this at all. You go, well, this is the Old Testament law. This didn't, this wasn't done away with in the New Testament. And and by the way, what happened in Genesis 2 was a long, long time before the law was ever created. Remember, Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Ten Commandments are given again. And in verse 12, listen to what it says in this, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. The word observe, now it's it's interesting. It says, remember in Exodus, here it says observe. Two different words. The word observe means to guard something or to attend to it. You think of something that's precious to you, you guard it. My house is precious to us. We have a burglar alarm. We have dogs. We have guns. We... Tend to our house. We protect it. God says, I want you to set aside a day of the week that you guard, that's protected, that you you tend to it. And in verse 15 of, of Deuteronomy 5, he says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt all these jewish people the lord your god brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm one of the things he wanted them to do every sabbath day was to remember god had delivered them and he had saved them one of the reasons christians started worshiping on sunday was so we would remember what god did it's kind of a recalibration day now some people would say well You don't need a special day to worship God. You can do it every day. Well, absolutely. Some people quote a passage in Colossians chapter 2 where Paul says, No day is any greater than any other day. Celebrate what you want to but, but what Paul was talking to, Paul as a Jewish Christian talking to a lot of Jewish people, the Jewish people celebrated at least nine different celebrations throughout the year. And what he was saying to them, if you want to celebrate Yom Kippur or Hash Rosh Hashanah or, or whatever, that's great, you don't have to. But the principle of a day apart, a Sabbath day has never, ever changed. One thing that happens when you say, I'm going to give one day to God, is that you say to the people around you what's important. The Jewish people were going into a foreign land, and by them taking that day apart, they were saying to the pagan people around them, something's different about us. In Jesus' day, the Romans looked at the Jewish people and thought they were lazy because on Saturday they wouldn't work. But it got their attention, didn't it? Your Sabbath day is a day about you and God. Here's the second thing. It's a day about church, if at all possible. Now, what do I mean by at all possible? Remember the principle of Sabbath, and this is huge, is not primarily about the number of the day, which day it is, but about the purpose of the day. Maybe you're a policeman or a fireman or a shift worker or a doctor or a nurse, and you, you work at a place where you have to work some on Sundays. My Sabbath day is not on Sunday. I know many of you don't believe this, but we ministers do work. This is considered work, what we're doing on Sundays. I I take Saturday as my Sabbath day. So I want to encourage you, maybe it's not Sunday for you, but you need church for your emotional and psychological well-being. You need to be in church. In fact, I want to tell you, you're made up of five different ingredients. God made you a physical being, pinch yourself, you know that. Spiritual, that's you and God, emotional, That's how you deal with your process and feelings. Psychological, what's going on in your head. And you're a social being. And by going to church, you can scratch every one of those needs in an hour or two. It's amazing. Socially, you see at least a few people you like at church, hopefully. You're spiritually, hopefully, your needs are being met and helped. Psychologically, and emotionally, when your spiritually and socially needs are getting met, it meets those. And when all those things are being blessed physically, you're blessed too. If Sunday can't be your Sabbath day or it can't be regularly, make sure you're in church on Sunday as much as you can. Maybe you got to work when you leave church. Maybe Saturday is your Sabbath or Friday it is. Be at church on Wednesday night. But don't neglect that. But let me get to the heart of the message here this morning that I think is so cool is the Sabbath is a day of rest and renewal. What, it, what is the primary thought? Besides, it is about you and God, obviously. It's a day of rest and renewal. In Exodus 20, verse 9 through 11, again, six days you do your work. Six days you need to play your games. Six days you do your business, but the seventh is a Sabbath, a day of rest to God. On it, you shouldn't work, your son, your daughter, your servant, your animals. For in six days God made the heavens and the earth, and if He can do that in six days, so can you. Cease and desist. God says this needs to be a day when things are different. Now, here's what's interesting. By Jesus' day, the religious leaders had made the Sabbath day principle horrible. Just like many of you are panicked right now at everything I'm saying because it's messing with your world. Jesus' day, the Pharisees had taken, there's 39 words in the Hebrew Old Testament. In the English, it might be different on your translation. But if you look at the commands there, about the Sabbath day, it's 39 Hebrew words. Here's what the religious leaders had done. They had taken those 39 words and made 39 laws to the Sabbath. By the way, these aren't in the Bible. They add, it sound like Baptist, doesn't it? <laughs> and then that wasn't good enough. This is incredible. They took the 39 laws that they made, and for each of those, they added 39 others. They added 1,521 laws to the Sabbath. If you killed a mosquito on your arm on the Sabbath, that was considered work, thus sin. Is that not incredible? If you tied a knot on the Sabbath, that was considered work. That was sinful. When Cindy and I were in Israel back in 2013, many, many of the folks there, obviously, very still devout in these things, in our hotel on the Sabbath, the elevator, do you remember this, Cindy? You, the, the buttons on the elevator did not work. Because punching the button would be work. Does this sound a little cray-cray? Now, it would be great if you were on the first floor, right? We're on like floor 92. And there's no way I'm walking up and down those steps. So, I mean, boom, boom, boom. It was Crazy. That's not what God had in mind at all when He talked about resting on the Sabbath. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus nails the religious bad guys. It's, and He said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, God created this day of rest not so he could hold it over your head, make your life miserable, make you have to sit in the dark and not watch TV and not have any fun. He did it to bless you and to help you. Isn't that cool? So the 1,521 things the Pharisees wrote up, we throw those away because those don't matter at all anymore. And what God is saying to you and he's saying to me, you've got to find a day. Sunday's a great day for many of you, But you've got to find a day when you rest, when you cease from work, when you desist from from what's going on, when you take time out. Moms and dads, you've got to help your young people with this. I'm telling you, they will like it, correct? You will. Tell them they can't study on that day. They'll like that. You know what? Now, I'm not talking about NCAA and college and things like that where they don't have a say, Maybe you need to consider this: if you got your kid playing 18 ball games on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and going to school during the week, that's not rest. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And again, here's what happens: that allostatic load that it just drips, drips, drips. Many of you are experiencing now, some of you had in the past. You don't have a day off. You don't have a day off. You just do a little bit on this day, a little bit. You never stop and you never stop and you never stop. You go on a vacation and you come back and you're just as tired as when you left. I talked about last week when talking about the yoke on the animal, if the yoke didn't fit right, it created pressure sores which would eventually tear up the tissue which could lead to infection which could kill the animal but certainly render it useless. What's happening in our world today and with many of us is we're not stopping and it's killing us. And you say, well, you don't know how much I have to do. You don't have more than God has to do. I want to challenge you. Take a day for rest and renewal. Take a day when you don't work. Sorry, parents. Take a day when you don't study. Get your mind off of it. Take a day when you're not playing ball. Take a day you focus on you and God and you and restoring you. It took me a long time to start understanding this principle. But I, it took a long time, even after I understood it, to get it right. Because I was working for God, so it was okay to work seven days a week, and it absolutely wasn't. 2008, I was teaching a, a class out at Golden Gate Seminary on spiritual development. And I was telling these men in the class, these ministers, about taking a Sabbath day and how they need it. And I told them, the only thing I do on my Sabbath day is work out. I'll, I'll lift weights and I get on the treadmill. Please don't come up to me after church and say, you mean you work out? Because you don't ever ask anybody that. That's like asking somebody, you used to be good looking. Don't ever say that, right? And a guy in the class used to be an exercise physiologist He worked for a company that trained professional athletes. And he said, Chris, you don't need to work out on your Sabbath day. I said, well, it releases stress. I feel better. He goes, you don't need to work out. He said, you need one day when you don't do anything like that. One day that you don't do anything like that. He said, when we work with professional athletes, when they have that day off, and by the way, I know at least in the NFL they're given one day off. He said, we tell them, don't go play basketball for four hours. Don't go surf for eight hours. Don't go work out. or do, You need to rest. And that's what God is saying here. We need the rest. And I want to tell you, this is hard at first, but it becomes a lot of fun later on. You need this. I need this. I want to challenge you. Build in your life, whether it's Sunday, maybe it's Saturday, a day you don't let anything interfere with you and God, a day you don't let anything interfere with you and rest, And if the Sabbath is for you as Sunday, interfere with anything with you and God. You and rest, you and God, you and church. Now let me give you the next thing which I think is so great with this. Make the Sabbath a great and a fun day. It ought to be a great and fun day. We won't look at it again, but remember what Jesus said. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for us, not us For the Sabbath. Parents, you want to get your kids in love with Jesus. And in love with coming to church. You want to make them healthier psychologically, emotionally, and physically. Make one day. Maybe it's going to be Sunday. Hopefully it can be. For young people that may be the easiest day. That you come to church. And that church is fun. And that you overeat. And that you sleep too much. I've, I've read this now. Y'all can correct me after church, but this guy, he said, if you eat right 80% of the time, you'll be in good shape. I figured it out. So that's six days a week. So Sunday can be party day, right? Now, if you're diabetic or hypoglycemia, please don't go home and eat two boxes of Little Debbie's and call me from the ICU mad this afternoon. Obey your doctor. What I'm trying to tell you is you need a day of the week where you can let your hair down and enjoy life. Zach, I don't know if you remember it, but some years ago, Uh, We were in a discipleship group, and Zach Yates said to me, he goes, man, Sunday's my favorite day of the week. You remember saying that? He said, it's not anymore, right? Hopefully it is. But you know what? It should be. It's my favorite day. It ought to be a day that's fun and that's enjoyable. A a day that, that life is so different and refreshing that it blesses you. And let me say one more time, a weekly Sabbath day will change your life. It absolutely will change your life. Now, this is going to be difficult. What this means, see, I would work four hours on Friday and four hours on Saturday. And now, to, to have a, a Sabbath on Saturday, a lot of times what I have to do, and I'm not trying to brag or make you think I'm a martyr, I may have to work till 10 o'clock Friday night. But I want to tell you, when I get up on Saturday and don't have anything to do, it is so refreshing. You're going to have to be disciplined too. Get your studying in where you have a day off. You may have to say no to some ball tournaments, mom and dad. You may have to adjust your schedule. But I want to tell you, it will change your life. Hey, do you believe me? God never tells us to do something that won't benefit us. Do you you believe that? Man, this isn't arbitrary. This isn't God just going, I want to do something to make them miserable. So I'm going to make them do nothing on one day of the week. This is God saying, I want this day to bless you. I want it to bless your family. I want it to bless your marriage. I want it to be something that you love. You look at Sunday, it's a fun day. And I'm going to tell you, it will change your life. I'm sure many of you have read this this very interesting book, The Immigrant's Guide to California. It was written in about 1850. I'm using it in my quiet times right now. That was funny, Braden. You can laugh. But in, in this book, it tells a story. tells a story of wagon trains that were going out to California in 1849 and 1850 during the gold rush. Some of the wagon trains, in their contract, these were led by Christians, they said, on Sunday, we're stopping. We're, unless there's an emergency, we're stopping. We're worshiping. We're going to eat. We're going to have fun. We're taking one day a week off. Other wagon trains said, absolutely not. That's crazy. we got to go seven days a week. Listen to this. On average, the wagon trains that took Sunday off got to California 20 days earlier than the ones that went seven days a week. That doesn't make sense, does it? But see, God doesn't make sense to you and me because he's God and we're not. This works. Several years ago, I shared with, with the church in a sermon Some of my personal testimony with burnout. And what happened with me is is that load of never letting up, of of always being on call, of working seven days. But, hey, I'm working for God. It's religious work. It's got to be good. And then I got to a point after 20 or 25 years of doing that of just going poof. I got on medicine. Medicine helped a little bit. For a while, I couldn't sleep. Go to bed, lay in bed till 3 in the morning, couldn't sleep. Other times I'd go to bed, I'd go right to sleep, 12 o'clock, and then 3 o'clock I'd wake up. Has that ever happened to y'all? And you can't go back to sleep? Let me give you some advice. Staring at the clock does not help. Being mad at God and being mad that you can't go to sleep does not help. I talk to counselors um, Brandon's a great friend of mine. He's got a master's degree in counseling. Andy Johnson's a Ph.D. from our church in counseling. I have friends that are counselors. I have pastor friends. I went to see doctors. The doctors couldn't find out. Any, well, there's a lot wrong with me. They couldn't find out anything causing my issues. I wasn't really depressed. I talked to a counselor, too. After two times, they said, good, you're fine. I said, no, I'm not. They couldn't find out, figure out what was wrong. And then I read a book, if you're, this would be a book I guarantee you worth reading. It's called Adrenaline and Stress. The pictures aren't any good, of course, by a guy named Archibald Hart. Dr. Hart is a Christian psychologist and professor. Adrenaline and Stress. Dr. Hart said what causes so much depression, anxiety, and burnout and stress is that overwork week after week, month after month, year after year. Bingo. Let me warn you, some of you who may be blowing me off this morning, when you get to this point that I was at, you're not going to take a weekend off and come back fine. In fact, you're going to mess yourself up so bad, it's going to take a long time to get healthy again. The great news, you can. What I want to encourage you, What's life-changing for me, and I know it will be for you, just simply obey God. You set a day, a week aside for you and God, you and rest, you and renewal, you and family, you and fun, and it will absolutely change your life. But here's the catch. God is not going to make you do it. You're going to have to choose to do it. Man, I hope and pray you will. Let's pray. Christians, this morning, man, examine where you are with this and examine what you're going to do with it. It's your choice, but the stakes are very high. You're not a Christian. The foundation for for good health in every area is is a relationship with Jesus. If you're ready to give your life to Christ this morning and you're sincere, pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe you're God's son. I accept that and that you died and arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart and I surrender my life to you let me have your attention we're going to stand in a moment and I want you to respond to what God's saying to you some of you just prayed and asked Christ in your heart are you ready to do that we'll be happy to talk to you after church or when we stand you can come right now and cross that line with Jesus do it Maybe you're ready to join the church. You can can come and do that during the invitation song. Or after church, we'd be happy to talk to you and help you. If God's leading you to join us, we need you. You need us. Come join us today. Christian, maybe this morning, you're doing great with this. Keep it up. Many of us aren't. And you need to make a decision. With God's help, you're going to be obedient in this area. Maybe you want to come and let us pray with you about the struggles that you're going through. We would love to. But by all means, respond to God now. Let's stand.